The following episode was recorded live on YouTube for Adulting.TV Live. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting.tv Live. I'm Harlan Landis, and I'm here as usual with Miranda Marquette. And our guest today is Allison Cardi from Cardi Career Coaching. Allison, we're so happy to have you here. We're going to talk about careers today. I'd, I'd love to hear your story, Allison. Did you start off planning to be a career coach? I did not. So my team's specialty is helping people with making career changes. And definitely part of how I came to that idea was because I was really unsatisfied in a career and went through a change myself. I think my parents, with the best of intentions, they pushed me in the direction of getting an accounting degree because my mom had gone through a career change and become an accountant. It was a wonderful thing for her. So, of course, you know, they thought, we'll just save you the trouble of figuring this out. This is the career path that works go down it. And unfortunately, while I was capable as an accountant, I was always um, not the type of person who would stay late to find where the penny error was. I'm not super, super detail oriented. And I really had a hunch that I wanted to do something that was more related to helping people. I wound up uh, volunteering at a crisis and suicide hotline, which sounds kind of dark and depressing, but I really enjoyed being in that helping role, uh, being there for people. And then from there, I jumped into a coach training, uh, started a career coaching business. I've been at it now for going on eight years, and I actually lead a team of coaches who we specialize in helping people who are at a career crossroads, which means they're kind of at that juncture where something in their career life is not working. They're not loving the the path that they're on, but they're having trouble figuring out what's going to be a better fit. And they wind up just stuck in that place of, I don't like this, but I don't know what I should be doing. And our specialty is really helping people to answer that question of, if not this, then what? and kind of getting them on their way so that they can, I always say, go on to more interesting problems. So I'm sure there are a lot of people who feel stuck in their careers and what drives them to go to a career coach? Definitely. In my experience, there are basically three big areas that our careers affect in a big way. They affect our financial health, our level of fulfillment, and our personal time and well-being. And anytime your what your job is giving you in those three areas, when it's out of alignment with what you're most wanting in those three areas, that's really going to cause the dissatisfaction of you wanting to make a change. And it can go in any direction. It could be you have a wonderfully fulfilling job at a nonprofit that doesn't pay you and you're craving financial stability. It could be You have a really lucrative job as a lawyer, but you don't enjoy your day-to-day and you want more fulfillment. In general, we get clients who are looking for more fulfillment, but I think a lot of people make changes every day going into the 
personal time and well-being sphere. For example, if a woman is starting a family, she doesn't go to a career coach to figure that out. She just kind of gets pulled into it. So we often see people who are going from uh, financial success to fulfillment or wanting more of that in their life. But I've also seen the other direction as well. Let's talk a little bit about fulfillment. What What is fulfillment and how do you know if it's something that you have? That's a really good question. I'm sure there's going to be a personal answer for everybody. I think fulfillment in terms of what we try to get for our clients is really identifying their strengths and kind of their core career themes. So it's really, okay, if in an ideal world, we could create a job that had like five to eight elements in it, what would those things be that you would most enjoy overall? So we kind of start from that ideal place. And then of course, there's the real world. So then we kind of make some compromises and figure out, okay, maybe we can get all of these things, or maybe in the short term, we can get some of them and then build to more of them. That can happen often. So I think really fulfillment is a combination of aligning that those big picture values, what's most important to you right now in those three big areas. And then also kind of the day-to-day core themes of your work. Unfortunately, getting into a great job doesn't mean every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows. You know, life is ups and downs and emotions and imperfections. But I think if we can get in alignment with our big values and then kind of the core components that meet us as individuals, then that's going to set us up for a good sense of fulfillment. Do you feel that there is expectations that are perhaps uh, not based in reality in terms of what people are looking for in a job? Uh, Do they want to be um, intellectually stimulated all the time while still having flexibility to do everything else they want to do in their lives while still making good money, while still um, (laughs) being around good people? I mean, where where do you make those compromises? And are people just, do, do you see that there's too much of an expectation? That is a brilliant question. I love it so much. Because um, in the in the real world, in the workforce, there's something that I like to call a career seesaw. And in general, this is not an absolute. But in general, on one side of the seesaw is fulfillment and personal time and well-being. And on the other side is compensation. And it's a seesaw because they often move in opposition to one another. You know, if you think about emergency room nurses who work the night shift, nobody wants to work the night shift. It's a big hit on your personal life to be up all night. But we really need that in society. So we compensate for it with a higher like time and a half for that job. So I think people really need to understand that this is the dynamic in the workforce. Jobs that have more intrinsic fulfillment that let you off at five o'clock on the dot every day, those things don't require as much compensation to get people into them. Whereas jobs that require extra education, more responsibility, longer hours, a greater amount of risk, when we need those professions, we compensate for those unpleasant factors financially to get people to do them. So people do have, I think, often um, over the moon expectations. And that's not to say there aren't 
high paying jobs that are great or low paying jobs that stink, there definitely are. But really it's a matter of thinking about, okay, if there's this seesaw in the marketplace, that's why I mentioned those three areas up at the, the front, fulfillment, financial health, personal time and well-being. If you had to pick, what would be in the lead for you right now in those three areas? And that's really gonna drive where on the seesaw you go. And there's a lot of gray area in between where we can get you some of many different things, but to expect that particularly for folks starting out, um, to expect you can get everything right at once, I think that is unrealistic. And another thing that I see a lot of particularly, and I don't know if you guys come across this, in kind of the entrepreneurial space, the dream of make money and <laughs> do what you love and have a ton of freedom, there's a big cost in route to getting to that place, uh, which obviously a marketer would not want to uh, highlight for you because it's quite unpleasant, but uh, you have to be willing to go through a lot to get to those high level benefits. Yeah. And I think that's a good point that you make. And even if, even if not just entrepreneurship, but even in a number of jobs, uh, when you're starting out, you're the low person on the totem pole. And I think that's a really good point that you make that you have to be, you have to make these steps forward and you have to make, uh, kind of pay your dues in a lot of ways, uh, whether you're striking off on your own or whether you're, uh, entering the corporate world, you still have to pay your dues before you can start seeing higher compensation and even to a certain degree, maybe even like fulfillment. I mean, I remember when I first started freelance writing, I, I did it mainly for the money because rent needed to be paid. And today I get to write things that are much more fulfilling than I got to write at the, at the beginning. So I, I think there's an element of dues paying that a lot of people don't think about before they get started. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think it's it's something that it's really easy to, for people to connect to the dream, to connect to this is what I want, but then there's definitely a piece of it where, okay, if this is what you want, what are the short-term goals along the way? Let's consciously choose to try to get there, but you're probably going to have to go through some unpleasantness of a particular variety uh, to get what you want. So how do you go about practically speaking, making that career switch. So say you're in your career and you know you want a new career, you know that you need to do something different. What are some of the steps that you need to take to start moving in that direction? I mean, how do you make that change? Especially uh, perhaps if it's a career field where like, I mean, you talked about accounting and now you're doing something that's not even close to accounting. So, so how, how do you make that switch? How do you start going about taking those steps to change your career, to get on a new life path? I have a lot of thoughts about this, Miranda. So hopefully I will not go on too long. Yay. I think kind of <laughs> I'd rather have you talk than me talk. So go for it. <laughs> I think there's kind of some, some tiers of steps, and I'm going to really focus on the very first part, which is figuring out what it is you want to do next. Because what I come across all the time with our clientele is when they don't, they're very capable, smart, educated people, but when they don't know what they want, what that job title is, what it looks like, then they can't work towards it and they become paralyzed. So I'm really going to really focus on 
How do you figure out what you want? And there are a couple of different kind of strategies that people can take. So I think the most common one that I see out in the marketplace is sit down with a journal and think about it. So answer some reflection questions, try to identify your strengths. And I think this is something that can work for people. And if you've never thought about yourself or never taken a, never like step back to think, who am I and what do I want? It can be a very valid approach and you might get some insights into what you want to do. Because this, this idea is talked about so much and there's a lot of like, answer these questions and you'll find your purpose type of messaging out there. I think a lot of people get stuck there in all honesty. They think that if they just reflect long enough and find the right question and like do some mental jujitsu, the answer is going to like pop down from the heavens into their brain and they're going to know what to do with their career. It doesn't really work that way. Sometimes it can, sometimes you can get some insight. It's a good starting point. But then the next tier, and this is another strategy that I hear talked about in terms of figuring out what you want, is really to take that base information about yourself and to kind of take an agile mentality of let's test, try some things. Let's say, okay, I think I want to be in a helping profession. Let me go volunteer somewhere. Let me go talk to somebody who's in that profession, maybe pick up a side project. And the idea here is you want to take the initial hunches that you have and move them into the real world so that you can learn from your experience. Somebody might never have thought of or encountered the profession that they would be great at before. So we really want to take them out of just their own limited mind and go into the real world to actually test things. And again, that can be a great strategy And people can really get more clarity the more they engage with the real world. However, again, those two strategies have some limitations. And the third thing that I think people can do, and I don't know that they necessarily realize this, is ask for help. And obviously, I'm a little bit partial to this strategy, but there are some really valid reasons for why people are getting stuck at a career crossroads. When you're thinking about making a change in your career, in all likelihood, it's because something is not working. And when something is not working, we're all human. We're going to be affected by that uh, dissonance. We might not be feeling at our best. We might have been burnt out. So really to get somebody else who can guide you through the process, who can look over your shoulder, who can point you into things that you might have noticed, might never have noticed about yourself or professions you might not have thought about, I think that third category is something that people don't necessarily realize that for help. And there are career coaches and competent professionals who can really guide you through the process of figuring out what you want in a more sophisticated way than just thinking about it and trial and error. Uh, They can take it into more of a structured procedure. It seems to me that sometimes changing a career going through the process, especially if it involves testing, like you talked about, requires, uh, well, perhaps it's it's something that's only available based on privilege. I mean, it takes time and it takes focus away from a current job if you're going to go off and, and test something else and take some risks. So is there any way to balance this out so someone who perhaps doesn't have 
a support system or a supportive spouse or family that can, you know, they can move home back to their parents while they try things out and kind of find the right solution for them. What, what, what can they do to, to, to leverage their situation and find the right, find a better solution for themselves? Definitely. And you make a really good point. Uh, and I do want to clarify some of the strategies that I mentioned can be time consuming, but there are two things that if you have just a little bit of time, you can fit them in. And in all honesty, most of the people that we work with have full-time jobs. They have some of them kids at home. They have responsibilities outside of work. So it's not like they're taking a year off to go backpack across the world and find themselves. They're really figuring this out in the midst of everyday life. And the two things that most people can fit in, uh, the first is reaching out and talking to people. And this is something that in my experience, many people have a big like block around. They might think that it's a burden to ask for help. They might think I should already know everything. <laughs> like, why would I telegraph to the world that I'm not perfect? And they kind of feel, you know, resistant to actually reaching out for help. But if you're, if you can get over that and recognize we're all human, we're all, we're all learning and flawed and we need one another to get through the day to day, then you can um, use your current social network, kind of check around, hey, do you know anybody who's working as a reading specialist? Do you know anybody? You know, I'm thinking about this. I want to talk to somebody about it. You can look at LinkedIn as a resource. You can look for warm connections. So maybe you don't know the person, but you went to the same university and you can say, hey, I'm, alum, I'm an alum of this high school or this university, and I'm thinking about going into the field that you're working in. Could I sit down and chat with you for 15 minutes or something? So if you can get through that hurdle, people, uh, we're connecting over the internet. It's really easy to get in touch with people to connect as long as you can send that one little email or that one little reach out that says, hey, I'm thinking about this and I need some advice and I want to learn more about what this field is before I jump in. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is to look for groups. This is wonder a wonderful strategy. And you can look for online groups. You can look for in-person groups. But that's a really another easy way to get a foot in the door and try out a new career path. You can attend a seminar of um, I just went to something which was the Society of Professional Service Marketing or something. There are tons of professional organizations. There are lots of events that they put on. If you just take an hour out of your evening to go to one of those events, not only will you learn a little bit about that field, but you'll also build your network into that field quite naturally. So neither of those things take a ton of time. They just take a little bit of courage and a little bit of vulnerability to go into a new situation that you haven't been in before. Is there anything you might want to uh, suggest to somebody who's, who's perhaps working in a career that is, perhaps it's a career that is financially um, solid and gives them everything they need, and, but it really isn't fulfilling. They want to switch to something that is more aligned with their core values or, you know, it's perhaps nonprofit or something that gives them uh, the more personal satisfaction that they're looking for um, and 
on, on the other end of the seesaw is the financial compensation part where they are not going to have what they are used to. Uh, how, how can you guide someone along that path? There are a couple things that, that I can share for that. One is really make sure that that is your priority. Like I know sometimes you might be having a bad day at work and you're like, oh, I wish I could go be a scuba instructor or whatever it may be. But I've talked to people who they have that thought of, oh, I wish I could do, you know, fill in the blank. But then when we actually dig in, they say, oh, I've got three kids in college and I really want to make money <laughs> to prepare my kids for college. So um, the first thing is just check yourself. What is your true priority? Not just a wouldn't it be nice, but, you know, look at everything in your life. What's your priority? Once you've done that, if you determine that the fulfillment piece is really where you want to be going, then I'd encourage folks to get the facts to really look at their finances, to talk it over with their spouse and think about what is the drop dead bottom level of income that we could be happy with. And I'm not saying you're gonna go for that drop dead bottom level, but just really get the information. No, this is kind of our floor of what, uh, if you're an individual, what you're comfortable with, or if you know it's a family or a spouse situation, what you as a group are comfortable with, and know that going in, just get that understanding. Um, from that place, I think the third idea is to recognize short-term and long-term goals. So I think so often people think of a career change and they're like, I've got to get it all done, you know, in one fell swoop, and jump from this to that, and like land on my feet. It's not true. You can think about, okay, our drop dead financial level is X amount of money. But if I work here one more year and we bank, you know, we get used to living on a reduced salary and we bank this amount, it's going to give us that much more freedom. So really think about, okay, what's a short-term goal that builds towards where you want to be? And then where's the long-term place that you want to be? So often, if you can just make that mental shift of uh, breaking things down more, then you show up to work in a happier place because you know you have a plan and you know you're working your plan uh, and then you also get on your way. And I think that's a really good point about breaking it down and, and doing the planning and looking ahead. Uh, so many times, you know, we just think we need to jump right into it or we want something to happen immediately. And we forget that a lot of the time this requires foresight and thinking about it. And some of the other things you have to think about if you want to move from a cushy job, I guess, a financially sound job with benefits is what happens when you move into an entrepreneurship situation and you don't have health benefits and you don't have a 401k match and you don't have all of those perks. We, we tend to take those uh, for granted, but as, as somebody who's had to buy her own health insurance for oh geez, um, 11 out of the last 12 years, it's very, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And as you're doing these calculations, you need to make sure you're accounting for that. I, I very much agree. And I think there is an impatience when you're in a situation that you're not enjoying for whatever reason to want to change everything super fast. But in most cases that I see making a 
a full-on career change does take some forethought and preparation and networking in and, and kind of getting a better sense of the field. It can be really rewarding to go through that process and come out the other side, but it rarely happens overnight. What are some of the resources online that people can go to I, that to, to, to move them into a new career? I know you talked about LinkedIn a little bit. Maybe you can explain exactly how LinkedIn can help in that situation um, and then go on to see what, what other kinds of resources can people go to? Sure. Well, LinkedIn is, is a wonderful resource and there are you have the, the capability to kind of look around and see who's doing what uh, and try to identify who would be a good person to talk to. There are often kind of professional LinkedIn groups, which could be a good strategy to become a member kind of, and they're often, I think they're free. So you just like join the group and then you can participate and get to know people. So that's one really good resource. I mentioned about kind of in-person physical groups and conferences. If you just Google the profession that you're interested in, followed by association or professional organization, it will pop up. I'm in the DC area, Association Heaven. There is an association for everything, for like funeral home directors to you know anything you can think of. There's an association and they put on a conference. So figure that out. That's another resource. And then the last one that I would mention is a site that I really like. It's called insidejobs.com. So what you can do on this site, is a database of jobs. They have a little video and a little description. So when you're in that career exploration phase of trying to figure out what it is that you want to be doing next, it's a great place to just kind of sort through. You can search by, I love creativity or, you know, whatever problem solving, whatever it is that you kind of I know about yourself, it will pop up jobs that relate to your interests. So that can be a good way just to get a starter list of here's what I'm thinking about. Another really nice benefit of this site is it's different than job searching. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but job searching puts people into a crazy headspace. You look at a job, you feel excited, then you're like, oh, I don't have those qualifications. And then you're like, I could never do this job. <laughs> and like you go through this whole rigmarole. But if you look at this kind of neutral database of jobs, uh, it's a good way to explore careers without entering that, can I do it? Is this gonna work kind of phase? It kind of keeps you in the imagination. What can you do to fight the feeling that you spent four or more years on a uh, higher level education that you are considering uh, abandoning in favor of some other some other type of career path? Um, I'm curious about where this question is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I might have some personal experience sort with the degree that I moved away from. Autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> something it's certainly something that that people deal with and there are there's like a whole spectrum of how people engage with their career i've definitely seen clients who have gone full force after like a childhood dream gotten the degree gotten to the workplace and realized like oh my god my eight-year-old self who picked this career did not have any idea what he was doing or she was doing. Uh, and then, you know, there's like a big, it's like a dying dream that can happen for that person where it's it's painful. I was on this path for so long and now it's, it's not there. So 
that's one thing. A lot of times people drift into college or into particular degrees. Uh, I often ask clients when we first start working, you know, why did you pick this school or major? And sometimes people did it intentionally and sometimes they fell into it and, you know, that can happen. So I think it's probably something that the best thing that you can do is think about even if that degree didn't lend itself to the career path that you wind up on, you probably got some byproducts from that degree. So you can kind of, I don't know that it's worthwhile to like stew over, I wish I hadn't done this or whatever, because it's done, you know, you got the degree. So I think the best way to frame it would just be to think about what were the benefits? Maybe you made great friends or you had a cool experience or you have that diploma that um, even if it doesn't relate to what you're exactly doing, it is still a credential. So I think that's probably the best way to do it. Uh, but it can be very painful to put in that time and money and it, it doesn't pan out the way you might have hoped. And it doesn't always. In, ter in terms of those who do succeed with a career change and they they get everything they want out of it, do they have anything, uh, are there any personality traits or do they have anything in common that perhaps those who are less successful might not have? In our experience, because we guide people through it, it's not so much dependent on the individual has to be amazing. As long as they can kind of follow our lead, we can get them through the career change. But there are some characteristics that go along with it. You need to be willing to do things that are uncomfortable because by nature, when you're making a change, you're going somewhere that you haven't been before. So you have to be willing to do something new, uh, something unfamiliar. I think another thing is people need to be willing to make small and potentially reversible decisions. So it's one thing to sit around and think about what am I going to do next or talk about it with a career coach, but really the way to figure out your career is through action. And that doesn't mean you have to quit your job and like do something totally new tomorrow, but it does mean you actually need to try things and kind of step into a new possibility. We can turn back if it's not the right thing, but if you're not willing to take action, you're, you're going to get stuck. I had, we had one client who he was thinking about a career change that did require additional education. And actually most of the people we talked to don't have to go back to school at all. We can get them switched without any education. But this person was thinking about a credential. It was a, a big investment. So what they did was they took one course, you know, just to try it out. And then they said, okay, this feels like the right thing. Now I'm going to do one semester. If I don't like it, I'm going to stop. So it was reversible. They didn't make a huge commitment, but they were willing to step towards it. And in this particular case, the credential did wind up being where they wound up and they did get a new career uh, in that field. But you just need to be willing to do uncomfortable things and actually make decisions and take action with the knowledge that you can reverse it if it turns out to be the wrong path. Is there anything that makes it easier to handle that reversal if you if you do move in one direction and find out that it's unlikely to work out and have to come back to where you were originally? It stinks. <laughs> it definitely just stinks when that happens. We always like to start with clients in terms of identifying the 
the core career themes, the general components of what they're wanting with the knowledge that that will remain true, even if a particular career path doesn't work out. And we try to think about it as we're making a hypothesis. We think you want to become an engineer or we think um, this particular career would be a good fit for you. We're going to test it with as many low risk, low commitment strategies as we can to give you a sense of, am I on the right path or not? And from those ideas, we can go back and revise the hypothesis. That being said, careers are not a, I figured that out, check the box, I'm done. They are a constant evolution. So certainly we get our clients to a place where they're satisfied with their career at this point in time but that's not to say they're not going to change their values weren't won't change or you know they might learn something about themselves that makes them continue to grow and evolve their career there's unfortunately not just a done <laughs> there's always a, a growth in careers how do you know when it's time to uh seek out a career coach i think the biggest sign it's really if you've been having this issue of wanting to make a change and you're getting stuck and most of our clients have been thinking about a change for at least a month if not a year if not a decade <laughs> you know so it can really and honestly most people have been thinking i want something different for a year to a decade range if you've been thinking that long and not getting it figured out that's an excellent sign that a second pair of eyes somebody who can figure out where you're kind of mentally getting stuck in the process would really be beneficial to you so i think the sign is time if you've been thinking about it and not making progress and if you're really struggling with action oftentimes when we're having trouble making decisions or taking action it's because there's some mindset or thought pattern that's blocking it so to get a coach in there who can clean that up for you and make it easier to take action and who can just spot you through the process is it will make it go a whole lot faster not in a scary way you know obviously it will still take all the time that we talked about but you won't have to just be spinning so often i hear people who it's just a weight on their shoulders they're thinking about their career all the time they're trying to take production they're trying to be productive by thinking about it by reading personality taking personality quizzes by journaling but they are not getting anywhere uh, and it's just mental churn so that's really a signal that you want to get somebody in there with you to uh, guide you through the process did you have a career coach when you went through um, your career change? I did. I worked with somebody a little bit and I didn't have a wonderful experience, to be honest. It was somebody who kind of asked me a lot of open-ended questions. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a very structured person. So I like to create, <laughs> I like kind of bleed structure. So I like a process and kind of, I've my team and I have worked with hundreds of people and we've figured out over time, what's the fastest way through this problem? And I would have liked somebody like myself who could actually confident, confidently guide me versus just kind of ask me, what are you thinking? And uh, that was my experience, unfortunately. But it helped you figure out how not to do it. So, yay. That's true. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit curious for you guys. Have you ever been at a career crossroads place in your life? Do you know that feeling that I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, I... I <laughs> 
I, I studied music education in college. And um, even while I was in college, I decided, eh, well, I was thinking, I was thinking maybe there's something else. And I did experiment with, you know, I did, like you said, it's, it was a testing phase. I would test out different minors um, by taking a class uh, or two in one direction. And most of the time it turned out I didn't have the time during, uh, you know, just during the day to explore all the classes that I wanted to explore. But nevertheless, I graduated with the education degree and um, started looking towards nonprofit and started instead of education. And I found that seesaw that you were talking about a little too difficult to manage and ended up leaving all of that behind, at least temporarily, to to seek out some a basic level of financial stability for myself, which also gave me the flexibility to work on my own projects. So I've always been kind of up in the air and kind of getting my hands dirty in lots of different areas uh, until I figured out exactly how to structure my career. And, and I've even gotten to the point now where I've kind of done what I needed to do and I'm back exploring the arts and nonprofit and music and things that are really interesting to me because I do have that flexibility that I didn't have in the beginning of my career. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> all I all I got is uh, I was a physics major and it <laughs> took a took a communications class and thought this is really fun. <laughs> so so switched. That's all I got for you. <laughs> And that I've pretty much been kind of on the same sort of, uh, just in the same sort of field all the way along. My first job out of college was doing advertising for a local newspaper. And then while I was there, I discovered that I liked writing about things and writing news better than selling ads for the newspaper. And so I went and continued my education, got a master's degree in journalism, and now I write for a living. So I mean, I just it's sort of this uh, progression. I am fortunate in that I, I have been able to do it from home as a freelancer. And I have been able to have like that flexibility and that fulfillment, and still earn um, a decent living. That's really interesting. I like the word that you used about it's a progression. <laughs> I think that's very apt. And uh, certainly for Harlan, what you were saying about kind of your priorities shift have shifted at, at different times and that's affected your career decision. That makes a lot of sense to me too. It's certainly been an adventure. <laughs> that's a positive outlook on it. <laughs> Yay for adventure. <laughs> so Allison, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Definitely. So we're, our home on the web is cardicareercoaching.com. That's Cardi, C-A-R-D-Y, careercoaching.com. And uh, we also have a free resource up that's on the site right now, which is a six-month it's, it's maybe a little too long. I might need to change it. But at the moment, it's a free weekly course that sends you a small, doable step uh, in thinking about career change, what action to take that's actually going to be productive, um, they can sign up for that. And I have a book called Career Grease, How to Get Unstuck and Pivot Your Career, and that's on Amazon. 
Yeah, we definitely love, we're all about the pivot here. So that's, uh, that's really cool. Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. Is, do you have any, any final tips um, before we go? I just have one uh, kind of inspirational word, which is so often when I talk to people who are stuck at that career crossroads place, they feel like they're going to be stuck forever and they can't see a way out. And I just want to let folks know that there is hope. There is always a way out. Career changes are a totally solvable problem. Uh, it's not going to last forever. So whatever icky situation you're in, it is temporary and there is a way out and you might need to ask for help to find it, but it's definitely there. Awesome. That's, that's, that's a really great outlook. And that's, that's uh, exactly what I think a lot of people need to hear. So thank you, Allison, for so much for joining us today. Uh, this was really enjoyable. Really appreciate it. You're so welcome. It was fun chatting with you guys. And thank you all for listening to Adulting.TV Live, and we'll be back soon with another episode. And don't forget to subscribe at Adulting.TV slash iTunes for our audio podcast, and check us out on YouTube as well, which is where you are right now. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.